All right, so let's get into this damaged thrones. As is, is, I don't know if this is breaking a record for teaching, you know, like we've been doing this for uh, quite some time. Um, every time I think I'm, uh, I'm going to get off of it because I got so much other stuff I want to talk about, uh, God uh, breaks some other things down. So just uh, just uh, real quick to bring us up to speed, we've been talking about damaged thrones, and we've been talking about um, uh, a damaged throne is a faulty throne. A faulty throne is it has a built-in weakness. So you, it's, so once again, it's a throne. It's something that's being built. It's something that has a level of success to it. It's something that looks good, but with a built-in weakness, it's, it's uh, the right pressure, the right weight, the right storm away from caving in. And um, and so we said that one of the weaknesses is we're not making a concentrated or an intentional effort to be devour-proof or curse-proof, right? Um, so if we if we're building something and there's and the it's devourer, and that's of course is the adversary devourer ex- accessible, or it's um uh curse vulnerable then it's just the right weight right pressure away from caving in that could be a relationship that could be a business that could be a ministry um whatever the case may be if we're or that could be a family right so we don't want to uh we don't want to give the devourer access and so we talked about deuteronomy thirty nineteen, set before you life and death blessings and curses you know pastor we went over those scriptures before you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, um, the church is not above basic education. In school, they keep going over the same thing. Like, how come when they first taught us numbers, Natalie, they just didn't stop that week? They still, they kept, in, the whole time, you was in, the whole time you've been in school, they, they're using numbers. But do we say, man, I already know what two is, <laughs> right? No, now it applies to something else. And and so that's why we we go over the scriptures because sometimes it just clicks different, you know. Sometimes it just clicks different. So except for us, life and death, blessing, cursing. We talked about John ten ten. God came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But it says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that's the devil. And then we said First uh, Peter five eight. Uh, I'm only going fast because this is a review. First Peter five eight. He's seeking whom he may devour. Right, and so the thing is, when when it's almost like he, the, oh, this is probably not nice. Uh, well, I, I was really thinking of a when when you take your dogs for a walk, but I'm not gonna say that. But you're probably gonna figure it out when I say what I'm gonna say. It's almost like the devil marks you with a curse. He leaves a sin on you, so he always has access to 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 devour you. So every time you ever like go through highs and lows you just go real high and crash real high crash real high and crash and he's marked you you know and we gotta <laughs> that was my mind remove the scent right we gotta remove the scent and so we said this let's go to Proverbs 26 Proverbs 26 alright so Proverbs 26 too uh it says, as the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. So the curse causeless shall not come. And so the curse causeless or, or, or the, uh, if there's a curse, there's a cause, basically. That's obvious. And 
the, the primary cause for a curse is a breach in our covenant with God. There's a breach in our communion with God. There's, there's something that's gotten in between that and left a crack for the adversary to attach the curse. And so, so let's spend some time with talking about <laughs> some of the curse causes, right? And so one of the causes for curses uh, to try to attach themselves to us, I have a Joshua 7 and 11 and 12. So here you have the backdrop of this is uh, by the time we get to Joshua, Joshua is after is that after Deuteronomy. Yeah, so after Deuteronomy was Deuteronomy is like chronologically breaking down what took place in Exodus, and Joshua obviously Joshua and Caleb was was the two spies. There were two out of the twelve that believed God when they went to spy out the land. So so when Moses was was being transitioning, Joshua took over as the next leader after Moses. And um, so Joshua's leading people just like, all right, so Moses, uh, so Moses uh, led the people through the Red Sea. Joshua led them through the Jordan. Like the Jordan opened up. All right, so, you know, and, and, and basically they were promised the promised land, but they had to go take it. So, they, so they're getting all these victories, you know. So they go into this town, take these folk out. Get the you know take possession of the land take take this enemy out get possession of the land so but God told them when you go in now just wipe everything out because I don't because these people are cursed basically I don't want the curse attached to you so don't go in and all of a sudden now you're trying to have relationships you try to be intimate start marrying people say no 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 just go in. Clean the slate. I, I, I can't say what you just said. But clean the slate. <laughs> right? And so so uh so they so so he says, but don't take of their stuff either. Remember we talked about uh Naaman this morning, how he took the clothes, he tried to take a bribe, you know, took took the clothes from no. Gehazi took the clothes from Naaman and the leprosy that Naaman had got on him. Right? So the curse that was on him transferred because, you know, again, he was trying to hustle. So God's saying the same thing. He says, look, they cursed. I don't want this stuff attached to you. He says, so listen, don't take of the accursed things. Even though it may look shiny and it may look special, don't take of the accursed things. Even though it may, you, it may seem like it could benefit you, it's a curse attached to it, right? Simple instructions. You've been dependent on me. I've been taking care of you. Let me take care of you all the way through. All right? And let's go to verse, uh, what did I tell you, 11. It says, and it, it says, Israel has, oh, I'm sorry, verse 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, get thee up. Wherefore live thou thus upon thy face? And, and I, I know I skipped something. What happened is they lost the battle. And so Joshua got on his face. Yeah, God. And he said, listen, we could have stayed on the other side of the Jordan to lose. Why would you send us through the Jordan River, like through miracle, only to get our behinds whooped, right? So he gets on his face like, come on, God. Like, you know how we do? Because we, we're sure it's God. It can't be nothing we're doing. It has to be God. And so, and the Lord said, Joshua, man, get up, man. <laughs> I'm just imagining God talking. Because <laughs> this is how we do. 
Like you, you know, because we, you know, you know, sometimes we play the victim. Remember that? That's a teaching too, right? So we playing the victim. Oh, I can't believe this happened. Now we doing stuff, but we almost like forgot we did stuff. And we, oh God, I can't believe this happened. But, but now y'all see how God be responding to stuff. He said, he said unto Joshua, get thee up. He says, wherefore live thou thus upon that face? So he doing the, the serious prayer. Man, get up. It says, is you a sin? And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have they have even taken of the accursed thing and I have and have also stolen and dissembled also they have put it even among their own stuff he says therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed neither will I be with you anymore except ye destroy the accursed thing from among you and he says, up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow for, for, for thus, uh, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel, thou canst stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. So we be like, I don't understand, but. If we're, remember what Jason just said it, or I think it was Jason, you know, sometimes we're too busy to pay attention, but God has given us the script, but we think it's all good. So we walk around like it's all good. We hang out with anybody. We take from anybody. You know, we exchange clothes from anybody and gifts from anybody. But if people are not in God's presence, you could be taking on curses. And then don't take my word for it. Just think about, you know, uh, <laughs> so so you're at the house you know it's a it's a get together you have everybody at the crib now everybody at the crib is not necessarily living right but you know I mean you know good people generally generally speaking alright but you don't know what they're bringing in your house so why after the fellowship there's always a big argument you ever thought about that oh no 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 don't, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> no no yeah, yeah. why is this a big argument Okay, that's an amen from the people up front, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, see, because we're, but we casual. Well, it don't take all that. It does take all that. Like, we plead the blood of Jesus over our house. I don't, we don't care who comes. Yeah, we have people by. We don't know how everybody rolling. And we love people. But guess what? We love them, but we still going to pray over our house. We receive stuff. We plead the blood. Did she say don't open the door? Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's how she be praying in the morning at five too. Get out of here, so that, right? So, uh, so, but but we, you know, so we receive stuff. We plead the blood of Jesus. Like we, it's a hard line, babe. Did you pray over that? She be like, babe. Like we always like now. She be telling me, but you know, in the early years, you remember earlier. She's like, okay, okay. Well, I figure it's blessed because I got it in my hand, babe. Did you plead the blood of Jesus? Right? Because you know, stuff is attached to stuff. Right. That don't make no sense. Okay, what what, what, is, it? what is it? What is the the, the patch? Nicorette or whatever? What is it? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. How does it work? It absorbs to the skin when what? When you attach it to yourself. Oh, it worked for Nicorette, but it don't work for curses. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> All right, so we don't want to compromise, okay? <laughs> All right, so number two, 
uh, curse. Uh, so one cause is compromise, and and so when they took up the accursed thing, they compromised. So since they compromised, they exposed themselves to the curse. So now they couldn't stand before their enemies, Amen. right? Amen. Now, well, cool. I won't look. Look, somebody saying I won't take up the accursed thing if I'm going to fight in a battle against some soldiers. Our enemies aren't aren't soldiers. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Right? It's spiritual. It's, 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 it's sickness, disease. Debt, lack. We can't stand before those, those things because we take another accursed thing. Uh-oh. As I tell you this, you're going to remember this, and I won't say your name, but you know what I'm talking about. So a young man called me. I told the story before, but a young man called me up. It's like, uh, uh, Mrs. Bradley. He said, man, uh, uh, man I just, just feel paranoid. I'm full of fear. I said, oh, yeah? I said, and then the guys just try to, try to keep their sexual exploits from me. So I said, who you had sex with last night? How, how you know I had sex? I said, because whoever you had sex with is full of fear. Oh, my God. She is paranoid. She is extremely paranoid. I said, yeah, and you just attach yourself to it. I said, you get more than just the pleasure. You get the whole package. All right, so. I don't don't get all condemned. We're gonna do something to get rid of these curses, all right? So so uh, number two uh, cause is disobedience, right? Is disobedience? Let's go to First Samuel uh, fifteen. Number two cause of the curse is disobedience. So here we're talking about uh, damaged thrones and how the thrones have a built-in weakness, and a lot of times the built-in weakness is a curse. Some of us are living a curse full instead of a curse. Prove life not because we're trying to be evil because uh, we're not walking circumspectly or intentionally Ephesians 5.15 you know it tells us to walk circumspectly so, be, so we can't we're so casual you ever uh, uh, been around somebody so I'm, I'm, I'm being nice so I'm gonna say uh, you know how people go well a friend of mine so you ever been around a friend of yours that <laughs> maybe had a child when they was young and so, they, you know, and how they ended up having a child, they, was re, they, got, they, they became rebellious. You know, they got tired of the rules at home, became rebellious, ended up get, getting pregnant. And then so now they raised their child based on playing off of what? They didn't like rules. So my child going to call me uh, uh, Mary. All that mom stuff is overrated. Then, then it's like my child, I, I see my child ain't going to do it. Go ahead, baby. So I gave my child choices. Child don't even know how to make choices yet. Right? I gave my child choices. So you're not teaching the kids boundaries because you didn't like them. Right? You're giving a child choices without them understanding boundaries. So now they, 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 they bathe it in curses. Not because they're evil, because no one's taught them how to protect themselves from the curse. You see what I'm saying? So some of us are older now, and that's how we roll. We just roll, everything is all good. It is not. And do you want to you wait to find out it's not? Do you want to find out that you have to be more intentional with who you expose yourself to? Amen. The hard way. You want to find out through, through, through your health, through your kids? So, so that's not me. Listen, I, my job is just to give you the, 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 the information. You have the choice, right? God, God said it. I said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. 
Some people gonna choose cursing and death. Not because they evil, because they, man, get out of here. Okay. All right, so let's just keep going because I'm gonna just wanna. So we said disobedience, right? So first, first Samuel fifteen twenty two, it says, and Samuel said, has the Lord, uh, has the Lord, as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Hearken, listen with the intent to obey. So, so, it is, so what happened was. Uh, Saul was sent out and gave him responsibilities. Go take everybody out. Don't take none of their stuff. Same thing that, that uh, Achan and them all of them had to do. And so Saul and them take everybody out, but then they see some nice sheep, a good, you know, thousands of sheep, and they all look healthy. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. We, we, you know, we keep that for the, for the kingdom so everybody can have some special extra sacrifices. Then they was like, and that gold over there, we could use that to, you know, down the road, Build some temples and stuff like that. So Samuel come, shows up. Whoa, 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 Saul, what's that, what's that noise I hear? Samuel's a prophet. He already knew what was going on. God told him. Well, you know, he played it off. You know, he's being sarcastic, you know. So I get permission every once in a while to be sarcastic. <laughs> so he's like, what's, the, what's that noise I hear? Uh, 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 is that sheep? He said, yeah, 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 yeah. We got, we got the, the special sheep. For the, you know, for God, the sacrifice to the Lord so he can have a special uh, offering. And he said, and we kept a little extra gold. And Samuel said, whoa, what did God tell you to do? God, you think God is so caught up in your sacrifices? I, listen, uh, you know, I helped that lady across the street this week. You know, and so I would have came to church, but she took a long time to cross the street. The scripture says he would rather obedience than sacrifice. First Samuel 15, 22. So when we're not obedient, we put ourselves in positions where we could be susceptible to the curse. Right? And then uh, Deuteronomy 28. Uh, so 15 starts off with, but it shall come to pass that if thou will not hearken, listen with the intent to obey, to the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments <clears throat> and his statutes, which I command thee this day, then all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. So whether we read them or not, or we believe them or not, they're in the Bible. And it just said, keep the commandments and hearken to the word. Now, because King James can get deep, I'm going to read the message, but if you want to read along, you can. Uh, but it says, uh, uh, the message says this, here's what will happen to you if you don't obediently listen to the voice of God, your God, and diligently keep all his commandments and guidelines that I'm commanding you. Today, all these curses will come down on you. It says, uh, uh, God's curse in the city, God's curse in the country, God, God's curse on your basket and bread and bowl, God's curse on your children, the crops of your land, the, the young and your livestock and calves and herds and lambs and flocks, you know, and a lot of people that farm back then. God's curse in your coming in, God's curse in your coming out. Basically, you'd be like Pigpen, you're wearing a curse everywhere you go, right? God will send the curse the confusion and the contrariness down on everything you try to do until you have been destroyed there's, and there's nothing left of you. All because of your evil pursuits that led you to abandon me. God will infect you with the disease, wiping you uh, right off the land that you are going to possess. Right? 
Now he's, he's letting them, he's giving them warning because they're, they're, they're transitioning over to the promised land. He says, you just got to be obedient so you can stay devour-proof or curse-proof. It says God will set uh, consumption and, and fever and rash and seizures and dehydration and blight and jaundice on you. Uh, they'll hunt you down until they kill you, these diseases. Uh, just for the sake of time, verse 27 through 29. God will hit you hard with boils of Egypt and hemorrhoids and scabs and incurable itch. He'll make you go crazy and blind and senile. You'll grope around in the middle of the day like a blind person feeling their way through a lifetime of darkness. You'll never get to where you're going. Not a day will go by that you're not abused and robbed. And no one is going to help you. You'll get engaged to a woman and another man will take her for, for his mistress. You'll build a house and never live in it. You'll plant a garden and never eat so much as a carrot. You'll watch your, your ox get butchered and not get a single steak from it. Your donkey will be stolen from in front of you. <laughs> Straight punking you. And you'll never see it again. Uh, your sheep will be sent off to your enemies and no one will lift a hand to help you. He's <laughs> <was> just like, <laughs> give me your ox. <laughs> you know, like back in the day in Newark, they're like, yo, 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 empty your pockets. <laughs> give me your money. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, your shoes. Right, uh, let's drop down to uh, 32, 33, I think it's 30, 34. It says, you'll spend the rest of your lives abused and knocked around. <clears throat> what you see will drive you crazy. Uh, uh, God will hit you with, uh, with painful boils on your knees and legs and no healing or relief from head to toe. We're going to drop down to verse 38. It says, you'll plant sacks and sacks of seed in the field, but get almost nothing. It says the grasshopper will devour it. You'll plant, and, you'll plant and hoe and prune vineyards, but won't drink and put up any wine. The worms will devour them. You'll have groves of olive trees everywhere, but you'll have no oil to rub on your face and hands. The olives will have fallen off. You, you have son, you'll have sons and daughters, but they won't be yours for long. They'll go off into captivity. Uh, we'll drop down to verse 47. It says, because you didn't serve God, your God, out of joy and goodness of your heart, in the great abundance. So the assumption is, I'm going to take you to the promised land and you'll be in great abundance. But will you still serve me when you get it? It didn't say just a little bit of abundance. It says great abundance, right? It says, you'll uh, it says you'll have to serve your enemies whom God will send against you. Uh, life will be famine and drought, rags and wretchedness. Uh, uh, verse uh, 48. A mean-faced people. Uh, no, it says, uh, it's, uh, 48. It says, yes, God will raise a faraway nation against you, swooping down on you like an eagle, a nation whose language you can't understand. A mean-faced people, cruel to grandmothers and babies alike. <laughs> If you drop down here to 54, it says the most gentle and caring man among you will turn hard. <clears throat> Listen, the most gentle and caring man among you will turn hard. His, his eye evil against his own brother, his cherished wife, even the rest of his children who are still alive. He'll just be evil to all of them. Uh, verse 56, and the most gentle and caring woman among you, a woman who wouldn't step on a wildflower, will turn hard. 
her eye evil against her cherished husband, against her son, against her daughter. Verse 62, because you didn't listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, you'll be left with a few pitiful stragglers in place of dazzling stars in the heavens, a multitude uh, you had become. And this is how things will end up. Just as God once enjoyed you, took pleasure in making your life making life good for you, giving you many children, so God will enjoy getting rid of you, clearing you off the earth. He'll weed you out of the very soil that you are entering in, entering in to possess. He'll scatter you to the four winds from one end of the earth to the other. You'll worship all kinds of other gods, gods neither you or your parents ever heard of, wood and, and stone, um, no gods. But you won't find a home there You'll not be able to settle down. God will give you a restless heart, longing eyes, and a homesick soul. You will live in constant jeopardy, terrified of every shadow, never know, never knowing what you'll meet around the next corner. All this because we didn't obey God. That's the message, I'm sorry. The message version of uh, uh, Deuteronomy 15 through 66, I believe it is. All right, so let's go up to verse 1, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 3, because that's not the goal. The goal is, look, uh, verse 1, it says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently, listen with the intent to play, but be diligent unto the voice of the Lord God to observe, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. And if thou wilt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, bless, you know, it says, blessed shall thou be in the city, blessed shall thou be in the field. You know, it says, blessed shall be the fruit of thy ground, right? Uh, blessed shall be thy basket in verse 5. Blessed shall, blessed shall thou be when I come in, when I go without. Verse 7, the Lord will cause thy enemies to rise up against thee that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. Um, verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing to come upon your storehouses, everything that you're storing, and in all that thy setteth thy hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which, which he gives you. Verse 9, the Lord shall uh, establish thee a holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto thee. And if thou shalt keep commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Verse 10, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. Verse 11, and the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruits of thy body, in the fruits of thy cattle, in the fruits of thy ground, in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to give. And the Lord will open up the, open unto thee his good treasure. <clears throat> and we talked about true riches the other week. The heaven to give rain unto thy land in his season and to bless all the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow. Right? And the Lord will make thee the head not the tail and thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. If thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God which I command thee this day to observe to do them. Right? And again it says don't serve no other gods in the next verse. So I know that's a lot. That's a whole lot of scripture. I jumped through some scripture. But Deuteronomy 28, that's our foundation right there. 
That's it. I mean, if you just leave, do what it says about blessing, cursing. If you look through it, you can see a lot of times we operate outside of the blessing. Um, and we're just, uh, again, the right weight, the right storm, the right circumstance away from experiencing the curse. And and I don't think we want to be exposed to that. Uh, or we won't even have to deal with that. Remember we read in Deuteronomy 8, the Lord says, you know, when I've when I've given you all this stuff and you build goodly houses and and everything is multiplied, your silver and gold is multiplied, so just don't forgive me. That's all it's about. It's not about a punishment. It's just look, first of all, God, it's it's twofold. God saying, Don't forget me because I love you. I have a relationship with you. I didn't put you here to for you to scatter. And then number two, he's saying you can extend it, you can be, you can replenish it, you can be fruitful and multiply by not forgetting about me. So it's twofold. I just love you, but I love you enough to keep you have to make sure you stay connected to me so it keeps going forward. Like if 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 out of my love I give to you and then you take what I give to you and leave me, all you have is what you left with. So he wants us to be mindful and stay connected to the relationship, okay? Is that, does that make sense? So he says, he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Isaiah 26, 3. Right? And, uh, you know, Isaiah 61, I'll let you guys uh, read it on your own time. It talks about, Isaiah 61, it talks about receiving double for your shame. Isaiah 61, 1 through 9. Receiving double for your shame. But it says, because of our obedience, people are going to say, because when, you, when you're trying to be obedient to God, there's resistance or there's uh, it's not easy because you live in a world that's disobedient. So, there's, so if you just chill, it's easier to be disobedient. There's, there's more people on that line. You know how you're driving? There's everybody in the same lane. There's more people in the lane of disobedience than obedience. Yeah, that's why the scripture says it's a narrow way in Matthew 7.13, Right? So if, if, we, if we relax, Mike, we're more susceptible to be disobedient because there's, there's comfort there. You, you, I mean, you're not alone, <laughs> put it that way. You know, you can almost feel like an eagle, feel alone when you're trying to be obedient. But God is saying, God recognizes why you're trying to be obedient while I'm um, building your character so you can handle what your gifting is going to produce you're going to look embarrassed. People are going to be like, how's that obedience working for you? Right? He says, but, so you're going to feel a sense of shame. But in Isaiah 61, he says, oh, you're going to receive double for your shame. Oh, so trust me. And then at the end, it says, people are going to look and say, this is the seed that the Lord has blessed. How do they know the Lord blessed you? Because you say you blessed? Like we were talking about the other day. Right. They see, man, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to be a part of it, <laughs> right? But, but, but that happens through obedience. That doesn't happen through disobedience because through disobedience, obedience is the other way around. Oh, that's the seed that the Lord has cursed, <laughs> allowed to be cursed. This curse comes from the, uh, Satan uh, when you get out of the presence of God. But God allows it. If you decide to be obedient, disobedient, that's what you want, Right? Um, so, so, so we're going to have to make some tough choices to stay out of the uh, being cursed or accursed. And some of them is going to be friendship choices because relationships is key. You know, I'm, I'm going to give you chapter and verse. 
So some of some of them friend choices, some of them are family choices. We're, but see, in our minds, we're so conformed, we'll never make a family choice that can get us what God wants us to have. Because in our mind, no matter what, we gotta always do uh we always got to comply to the family tradition or what have you but that's not bible that's worldly and the thing is you think in some cases you 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 may have to make a choice you'll never deal with that person again but that's the reality of it you know Cain's got sent wandering that's that's just the reality but in some cases that person is going to wake up and need to find their way back into the blessings of god and, and the light is going to be you. But if you compromise, if you jumped in a quicksand to try to save them and you drown with them under the guise of their family, blood thicker than water, spirits thicker than blood. <laughs> right? Okay. It sounds like that was my opinion. I get it. I get it. It does. It does sound. But I'm going to give you chapter and verse. Right? Because, again, is is is. is and, and, and this is not punishment. This is just the reality. Let's look at Genesis 28. Genesis 28. Because we're, some of us, think about this. Okay, so, so okay, so I, I'll use, I better not use my family on this one since this is on video. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so you have family members. And let's say, oh, man, I know so much, so, I have so much history now. I got to find something that maybe y'all don't relate to, but it's going to be hard. All right, so you got two people trying to uh, start a uh, rocket business. Doubt if we got that in here, <laughs> right? So two brothers trying to start a rocket business. So one brother wants to be like all in with God, seeking God first, being diligent. The other brother's like, man, you know, I just want to go make this money, then I'll come back to God. Well, the other person's uh, the, a rocket business that was a guy, skyrockets. Ah. <laughs> right, right, it soars. What the other person don't? They just made two different choices. Suppose the, suppose the one that skyrocket soars, he's like, why well, is my brother, man? I can't, I can't skyrocket until he skyrocket. He ain't making the same choices. Right? It, not because he, he just, he chose a different, see, just because you family doesn't mean Everybody automatically harmonizes and makes the, the choices. The scripture in Deuteronomy says, I said before you life and death, blessings and cursing. So individually, we have the right to make choices. Right? Some people in the family are going to make them. Some people are not. But you, you better watch. Hanging out with kryptonite just because you're trying to be familiar or just because you're trying to prove, you know, uh, you know uh, what is it? Uh, well, I'm not trying to prove I'm better than nobody. All right, so let's look at this. Let's just look at this. But he left her. Never see, uh, seen his mom again. And the interesting thing is, his mom... So I got to get these right. You got Rachel, Rebecca. So Rachel was married to... It was Rebecca, right? Rebecca's Esau and Jacob's mom. Right? But his mom created a hustle for him to get his brother's blessing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she she was doing some 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 conniving stuff. She said, because his brother was hairy. She said, so what are we gonna do? Get some of the animal skin. We gonna put it on you. Your dad's gone blind. He said, so when he feel you, he'll think you his brother. Then I'll make the meal that his brother normally make. It was called venison. I'll make it for him. He'll have the meal. He'll have the hair. But even the dad was like, but you sound like Jacob. Nah, 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 dad. It's me, Esau. Just so he can get the blessing that 
it was Esau's birthright, right? So his mom was doing some trick stuff. But when God, when God fell on Jacob, he, he left never to see his mom again. And we pray the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he was, he was definitely blessed. But, but, but I know, I know, that's like, okay, so what? That's, all right, well, look at this, Genesis 12. We all know this one. Genesis 12, verse 1. It says, uh, now the Lord had said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred family and from thy father's house. So not just your extended family, from your dad's house unto a land that I will show thee and I will make thee a great nation, a great people, and I will bless thee. I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curses thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And if you keep on reading, man, Abraham ended up in a place where he was phenomenally blessed, but he had to get him away from his kindred. You say, now, why would he get away from his family? Because he was compliant. His, his history was whatever the family did, he would just do. It's like he was taking care of his dad, and he was taking care of his, uh, his brother's son because that was a part of their tradition. So I got lot. I got lot. I got lot. You know, it's my brother. It's my it's fam. It's fam. I got lot. Then he's, then he's take care of his dad. So God said, man, you got to lead a fam. It's because at this point, Kamas says, and Kamas is a, a, a book that's a breakdown of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. So when the Kamas just said this, they said, Abraham was told, you've been faithful. Go for yourself now. But, but in going for yourself, I'm going to put you in a position where you'll bless all the families on earth. But if I leave you around your family, as I'm telling you to be obedient, your default is going to go back to co compliance or manipulation in some cases. He says, so I got to separate you from them to get you to a place where you can be not, not just bless them, but bless everybody. So in this particular case, he was put, trying to put him in a position where he could be a blessing. And he wasn't going to be able to do it as long as he stayed stuck. Right? Y'all see, he told him to leave, right? Just in case y'all... So what he was doing was he was them, removing them from the blessing extinguishers. Sometimes friends, relationships, but sometimes family are blessing extinguishers. Not because they're trying to be evil. It's just they're living in fear. And they're afraid to walk by faith. And the more you walk by faith, it's making them uncomfortable because it's telling them what they should, should do. So instead of uh, pressing to follow you, they'll pull to drag you back to them. Right? And sometimes it, it, sometimes it gets real bad where they just start flipping. They just start making up stuff. But they're, they're making up stuff, and we know it's, 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 it's envy and jealous. But you know, somebody could be envious and jealous of you, but your mind, you think like you. So you're like, it can't be that. It can't be that serious. It is that serious only because they're in the flesh. Right? So the more you shine bright and the more you smiling, the more it's getting on their nerves. And then they're hoping that you're compliant because they'll subtly, uh, you know, hey, they'll, they'll be nice. But the whole time, they're trying to break you down, break you down, break you down. You know, trying to pull you out of, you know, just keep pulling you out of the trap. You know, uh, if it's a little bit of hurdle, they'll magnify the hurdle. Go, well, you don't need to deal with that. Come on over here. I, oh, man. I was about to use an example. I know of a situation <laughs> out there in TV land. I know of a situation uh, where a person 
finally got out of the curse. Oh my God, they was healthy, they was doing fine because they was extremely stressed. And uh, so now they had an opportunity to make a decision to the next stage. So they had to go somewhere else. They went back, figuring, well, you know, now I'm doing better now. People probably changed because I've changed. They were warned not to return. They returned and their life has never been the same on the negative. I can't be too, too specific because somebody might figure it out what I'm talking about. But so, 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 see, it's about obedience. It's not about sacrifice. Well, I just want to be there for the fam. Just make sure you're being obedient and make sure, you know, uh, Moses want to take care of his family too. He's trying to help them one at a time. God was trying to send him to a place where he can help everybody. And that's what God's trying to do with some of us, right? Amen. Genesis 28, 10 through 22. When you get a chance, you can read that for yourself. But verse 16 says, Then Jacob woke from his sleep, and he said, Without a doubt, the Lord is in this place. I did not realize it. So he was afraid and said, How fearful and awesome is this place? There is none other than, the, look, this is none other than the house of God. And this is the gateway to heaven. So here, he was so caught up in, in, in compliance and compromise, he couldn't even see God's presence when it was there. But when he left, he saw the presence of God, and he was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize all this time God was here. And, 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 and it, the scripture says he saw angels ascending and descending. He started to see out of the natural realm into the spiritual realm. Similar to when King Uzziah, Uzziah died, uh, Isaiah was able to see the Lord. So sometimes we can't even see God because we're so we we have uh, the scales of of uh, uh, friendships and family on our eyes and it's blinding us from actually seeing clearly to God, right? And then you got uh, verse twenty. Uh, so after he saw God and he he consecrated the area to God and he named the place Bethel. Bethel means the house of God. Um, I, I emphasized the house of God twice for a reason. All right, so well, verse 20 says, then, made, then, made, then Jacob made a vow. So now, now picture this. Jacob has been obedient, receives the blessings, as you were talking about, um, Gerard. And so now he's blessed. He's rolling. So, so Jacob recognizes some things. And he, so uh, verse 20 says, then Jacob, Genesis 28, 20. Then Jacob made a vow which is a promise saying if God will be with me and will keep me on this journey that I take I will give and will give me food to eat and clothing to wear just take care of my needs and if he uh, and if he grants that I return eventually to my father's house in safety then the Lord will be my God so this is the vow he's making so I'm going to leave but eventually I want to be in a position where I can impact my father's house like Abraham did right so this is a situation where, you know, he wants to impact. When it says father's house, he's talking about his family. I want to impact my family. But I want to go and be obedient. I want to impact my family. Because it says he never saw his mom again. Obviously, he wasn't just talking about uh, the specific paternal. It says, so, so he says, make a vow, give me food. Where was I at? It says, the stone, verse 22, the stone which I set up as a pillar or a monument or memorial will be God's house a sacred place to me and of everything that you give me I will give the tenth to you as an offering to signify what my gratitude and dependence and I think this is I think I'm reading out of the Amplified sorry <laughs> forgot to tell y'all that so he says so so 
what he's saying is, I know I'm, I'm going to be blessed. You keep taking care of me. I make a vow that everything that I get, I'm going to make sure I give a tenth as an offering to signify my gratitude and my dependence on you. See, that's what I was saying. God is saying, no matter where we go, don't lose our dependence or our gratitude towards him. Right? All right, and then um, let's look at Ecclesiastes. So here, here we got, we want to, we said two things. There's a compromise puts us in a position of a curse. Disobedience puts us in a, uh, in a in position of a curse. Look, lack of appreciation puts us in a position of being cursed. That's number three, yes. So we said compromise, disobedience, and lack of appreciation. And so, so, so remember we, we read in 1 Timothy 6 a couple of weeks ago, uh, 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money itself, the love of it. It says, which some covet after. It didn't say covenant. It says some covet after. It says, and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. So a lot of times people deal with many sorrows if, if, if they're loving money more than they love God, Right? And so here is so interesting in Ecclesiastes 5. I guess I should turn there. I, I didn't turn there yet. Ecclesiastes 5. God's making... See, see, God's promised some things, but God's good. He doesn't, he doesn't just want you to have stuff. He wants you to hold on to it. <laughs> right? And, and, and keep it going. So verse 10. It says, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. He that loveth abundance with increase, this is also, he, nor, I'm sorry, nor he that loveth abundance with increase, this is also vanity. Similar to 1 Timothy 6.10. It says, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them, and what good is there to the owners thereof, saving behold them, sa- saving the beholding of them with their eyes. So it's saying people increase stuff and they just looking at it, you know, because it's not being used for its intended purpose. It says the sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Somebody that no matter what they get, they're constantly still moving towards what God has purposed them to do. They're not, you know, just uh, resting in their laws. It says whether he eat or eat little or much. So the person that's laboring, his sweet is sleep, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. So this is not saying don't have abundance. This is saying a person that's just uh, just storing stuff for the sake of storing it. You know, because they can't sleep because they, <laughs> you know, like dude that stores stuff in the barn, you just worry about somebody taking your stuff. You know what I'm saying? But when, when, when you're, um, you're living liberally, you don't deal with those things, right? All right, so I, I don't want to get into all of that. I'll let y'all read that. Uh, but verse, I will read uh, verse 13. It says, there's a grievous evil which I have seen under the sun. Riches being kept and hoarded by the owner to his own misery. But when those riches are lost in, 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 a, in bad investments and he become the father of a son, then there is nothing in his hand for the support of the child. As he came naked from his mother's womb, so he will return as he came, and he will take away nothing from all his labor that he can carry in his hand. This is also grievous evil. Exactly as he was born, so shall he die. So what advantage has he who labors for the wind? Basically, a person that uh, really 
doesn't live a life of appreciation is just laboring for nothing. Since all his life, he also eats in darkness, cheerlessly without sweetness and light, with great frustration, sickness, and anger. Behold, here is what I have seen to be good and fitting, to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all labor in which he labors under the sun during the few days of his life which God gives him. For this is his allotted reward. So he's saying, I want you, the Bible says in First Timothy 6, uh, I believe 17, God has given you richly all things to enjoy. It says, also every man to whom God has given riches and possessions, verse 19, he also he has also given the power and ability to enjoy them and to receive this as his allotted portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God to him. For he will not often consider the troubled days of his life because God keeps him occupied and focused on the joy of his heart and tranquility of God dwells and dwells him. See, this is why we don't experience fulfillment until we dedicate or bury our lives, our loves, and our lusts, you know, because if we're caught up in our, in, you know, Bible says he that uh, loves his life will lose it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he hates his life. Say, what it's saying is that if a person's so caught up in themselves, so, so caught up in their, 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 their uh, lust and their different things, this is that, that's the person that kind of deals with, with, with with misery, but a person that enjoys their riches, but also doesn't forget God, doesn't forget like um, uh, who do we read um, Jacob to show value and appreciation, right? Um, doesn't forget to keep it going forward because God has given a seed to create fruit for other people to benefit of. Memory said, "Blessed is a man who leaves an inheritance to his children's children, two generations deep." So that means. So they don't have to wake up like I did and like I'm trying to figure out how to eat and fulfill purpose. But that shouldn't happen to Tatum. You see what I'm saying? Or Tatum's children. You see what I'm saying? Like 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 that that's what the that's how God set things up. You know, we said that we said this last week, the first seed, first orange seed that ever that was ever plant given is still living to this day. We know that because there's orange trees. So God has set our lives up that way too, like, you know, for for people to experience inheritances and have impacts, you know. So the only way we could do that is be generous and not selfish, you know. When we're so consuming, we don't realize we're affecting our families, right? We're affecting the kingdom, right? So 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 we talked about what do we say? Compromise disobedience and appreciation well okay another another cause of a curse is uh, narcissism a person that's nar- narcissistic uh, they're generally unhappy and disappointed when they're not given the special favors or admiration they believe they deserve right so uh, they may find their relationships unfulfilling others may not enjoy being around them obviously because uh, they always focus on themselves. Um, a lot of times they can have an aggressive sense of self-importance or exaggerated sense of self, self-importance. Uh, they have a sense of entitlement. It's always about them. Uh, they require constant and excessive admiration. 
I see somebody say, oh, that's me. <laughs> they expect to be recognized as superior even without achievements that warrant results. They exaggerate achievements and results. Occupied with, they're preoccupied with fantasies of success, power, brilliance, beauty, or the perfect mate. And they're not the perfect mate. Now, that's the person that always wants somebody perfect. What they gonna get? You know what I mean? You got a standard. I want somebody like this, 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 that, and the other. Okay, what do they get? Are you what you're expecting? Thank you. So I got an amen from sister over there. Thank you. I was, uh, oh, nah, this is just like amens. Okay, I got you. All right, I got you. I got you. Sister in the back. <laughs> right. All right, so, um, and, and they, they believe they're superior and they can only associate with people that's superior like them. Yeah, remember we talked about suck-ups? A lot of times they suck-ups. But they're only sucking up around people that they think can benefit them. But someone else that may can't, they don't think can benefit them, but may have a future benefit. It could be the next Billy Graham or next Bill Gates or whatever. They just, they, 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 they ignore them. Because that's not a, uh, a, a microwave return. So you're saying, you're saying, now how does that facilitate in a curse? Because it's all selfish. God, the Bible says God resists the proud, right? It's all self. It's all every, like, they just drinking me. <laughs> was, oh, I was, I was going to say, was it, uh, I love me some me. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> right, right. But they just drinking me. But they're not considering anything. See, everybody's, every, everything and everybody in their life are accessories. I'll let you know when I need you. They are frustrated when people aren't meeting their specifications, but they're not meeting no one's specifications. And see, so, so how does that facilitate in being, see, to build something, a throne that's not damaged, that doesn't have a built-in weakness, if you're selfish or you're narcissistic, you reap what you sow. Everybody around you will be what? Selfish and narcissistic. You can't build a team and everybody thinking about themselves. You got this great business idea. Just one problem. Who's going to work with you? Because everybody that's going to be with you is going to have a great business idea too. Thinking about themselves because that's all you've ever done. You've never been faithful in nobody else's. You've never helped nobody build, grow, complete, and finish anything. So even if somebody starts with you, they're not going to help you complete it. Because you've never done it. Because wh while you were doing it, you saw how, how it was evolving and how it was becoming successful, and immediately it, it, it triggered your narcissism. I can do the same thing. I was giving them the best of me. I'll hold back the best of me for my thing, and I'll give them some of me for their thing. Oh, if I give them this... They may really blow up. I'll hold that for me. So who's going to be on your team doing the same thing? That happens in church all the time. Well, I could do this, and it'll really benefit the church. But if it benefits the church, then when I want to do what I want to do, it may conflict, so I don't want to give. No, nah, I don't want to do that. Nah, I'll just keep that to myself. 
and everybody in your team is going to be doing what? The same exact thing. As it gets, as it grows and it starts to to, to prosper, people they're gonna start thinking about themselves. Like, nah, nah, dude, I'm not giving you my stuff. I'm gonna do this for me. How many situations you ever been where you've just given all of yourself, trusting that that's precious seed, that God will give you a harvest of that. People will give you the best of themselves to make sure your dream business ministry comes to pass. How many? How many times? How many times for you aborted the mission? Jumped out, of the, jumped out of the plane. You, had, you got a parachute. Now nah, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> I got to do my own thing. <laughs> went, went, went on a plane with extra parachute. Just looking for the opportunity to jump. And that's what's so dangerous because we all reach a choking point. I was sharing this at the gym the other day. Uh, uh, my son had went to, uh, uh, went to college, went to Division II school. So he came in. You know, I don't know, he came in after their recruiting season. So they put him on a, the, the, you know, your training team is your JV. So you put him on JV. My son is a phenomenal shooter. I give you some props, you know, so you see this. Like, he's talking about me, right? So, so he, now he should have never been at a Division II school. So I'm going to say this, put this out there for you too. Um, because he made some mistakes and missed his opportunity to be at Ohio State and some other places. So... So now he's at a different school with a different mentality. So he's playing in this game, and he hit, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten threes in a row. He just kept making shots. But the guy that was playing the point guard position, this is the guy, everybody's not into basketball, the guy that distributes the ball. Make sure everybody, the best person has the opportunity to make the basket, he'll give it to him. So this guy is passing him, he makes it, pass it, he makes it, pass it. So then he gets to a point you know, he had family members come to the game. This is the, the, the point guard. And he started thinking, he ain't missing. And if he keeps not missing, I won't get an opportunity to score. So he starts passing on the ball. The opposing team, the referees, everybody in the building, why they stop passing you the ball? They, they start calling them money. Why they start passing you the ball, money? Why ain't Pastor? Everybody in the building, even the enemies knew. Get him the ball. You know what happened to the point guard? He choked. <laughs> he choked. He had a point where he could have kept giving out to make somebody else successful. And he would have reaped the harvest, but he choked. He had never played with nobody that just wasn't missing. He had played with people, maybe they make four shots in a row, then they missed, then he get his turn. He had been in that situation. I know this because I played with two. One guy, he got drafted by the Knicks, and actually we just recruited my son to the team. And I was the, with the guy that got recruited to the Knicks. He was our leading scorer. I was the second leading scorer. So, my, so I recruited my son to the team, so I'm passing to them. So I make the first shot. I pass them. They not missing. I'm talking about they didn't miss nothing. And I felt something on the inside. Like, I might end up with two points today, you know. And I said to myself, well, if I end up with two, I ended up with two, but I'm just keep giving it to them until they miss. I said, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to, but I, I said, this is a choking point. I could be tempted to, well, I gotta get my turn too. Nah, I'm just gonna keep giving them the ball. I've played with somebody that scored 92 points in a game, 91, 92 points in a game. I had 22 that day, I could have had 60. 
but I just wanted to empty, let him empty out. See, he said he's never done to this day. He didn't. He's never done that up to that point. Nowhere near it, and he never did it since. But I could have choked. I'm gonna give look today. You had sixty. I had sixty. No, 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 no. I just kept giving it to him. Felipe, that you know, played 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 the drums. We're doing his wedding in a couple weeks. I was in the game with him. He scored 84. Didn't he know he scored 84? To the refs, was like, man, 84, that's pretty good. He said, did he say 84? Yeah. I just kept giving him the ball. I had 20-something that day. I could have had 60. Empty out. My question to you is, how many people in your life has had an opportunity to score 91? And I'm not talking about basketball. How many situations have you been in where you've given all of yourself to someone else's success? That's what faith one another man really means. Not visiting somebody's, not doing enough until you get uncomfortable and you start thinking about yourself and you go, ah, that's a little bit too much. I got to save this for my time. You're holding back your revelation. You're holding back your creativity. You're holding back your gifts while you're jockeying for position behind the scenes. So what do you think everybody that works for you is going to do? You reap what you sow. So that narcissism is why people have damaged thrones. They build to a point, but everything they've sown, is they've sown weakness, so they have a built-in weakness. And you know what the built-in weakness to the throne is? Them. It costs all of you to get all that you want. We're trying to give God some of us. We're trying to give God's kingdom some of us. We're trying to give just enough to say, well, I can't get honorable mention, but we want all that God has. That's what the holdup is. At every level, the holdup has been you. You haven't been all in. To anything that did that's that just doesn't benefit you right away. You know there's something called delayed gratification, right? You gotta trust God that you will get what you need. Listen, I I, I start I got hired at a church. You know what I got hired to do? What I was doing when I was volunteering. Actually, a lot of people thought I worked for the church already. I was that diligent at the church. Uh, I, I, she would tell you, I had my own job, but I would show up. I did my paperwork. I did counseling. I did everything. Everything that I did, I was, the programs I ended up being over as an employee, I was over as a volunteer. Same stuff. And I, I had a basketball program. I gave it to the church. Well, you, you was a part of it. Ayers. I gave it to the church. Like, I was like, okay, well, if, if I'm going to get cheated, it's going to be from God, but it won't be because I didn't give my all. I've been a part of a lot of, uh, uh, been fortunate to be a part of a lot of things that started the ground, built, completed, and other people took over. So what are we doing? Because I know we've been hoodwinked and swindled and cheated and hustled so, so a lot of us have uh, live our life in reserve mode. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? 
<laughs> what you said, the shaking of the heads is like amen. Right, right, right. So, so God is saying, because remember, this is, this is the end of the year. We're trying to focus. God is saying, do you really want what I have for you for next year? Do you re- this, this year, I mean, do you really want it? At every level. I mean, because you, you, sometimes y'all look at people and you go, well, they're doing better than me. Based on what? You don't know what their purpose is. Everybody all over the world is supposed to be could be come, supposed to travel to be a part of their their international business. You don't know what they're supposed to be doing, just because you would rather be in their shoes. At every level, God has so much more for us. But the only way we're gonna get it is to give Him all of us. All right, let's stand on your feet. That's all for today. <laughs>